Hello, and welcome to Not Everyone's Cup of Tea, where we provide you with social commentary and public service announcements from unqualified experts on the questionable behavior of jerks. Today, we'll be discussing infamous women and how we were kind of dicks about it. Infamous women who we think got a bum rap and deserve a public apology. We're not just talking about cancel culture now, where someone may get shamed for not being woke enough. We're talking about women who have been shamed for living their lives and not following other people's rules. We're talking before cancel was a thing to when a person's career and personal life would have taken a substantial hit. And we're not just talking about women who put themselves in the public eye for our entertainment. We're talking about women so infamous that just saying their first name elicits visions of captivating headlines like an old-fashioned newsie. We have also noticed some men with these similar scandals, but you don't know them by first name alone and would probably have to Google it to even find out their stories. I'm sure you've all watched the Framing Britney Spears documentary, and it made many people realize that we, as a society, didn't even realize how shitty we were being to a woman we essentially idolized. We learned a lot about things that she, along with many other women in the public eye, had to face that men in their exact situation would never have had to. We're looking at you, Justin. One part that stood out in the doc was young Britney's interaction with Ed McMahon on Star Search. McMahon, who at the time was 69 years old, instead of commenting on the 10-year-old's powerful voice, he tells her she has pretty eyes. Ew. Then asks, do you have a boyfriend? No, sir. Why not? Because they're mean. But what about me? Ew, are you asking her out? But, you know, Britt handles it all with grace and dignity. She laughs it off and smiles because, after all, she's involved in a competition. There's an interesting post from Kasha Urbaniak. She's the founder of the Academy, the School of Power for Women, right after the Britney doc comes out. She describes the feeling Britney must have had in that moment as the good girl double bind, which is the precarious ledge most women live on to be socially acceptable, teetering between too much and not enough. It's a compression that has a detrimental effect on how we communicate. A good girl doesn't want to seem pushy or domineering, but she doesn't want to seem helpless or pathetic either. Contortions, verbal, physical, and energetic ensue. In the good girl double bind, a woman can neither be too bossy nor too weak, too sexy nor too prudish, and so on and so forth. We women have all been in situations like this, and the first instinct may have been to gag, but our reaction was always to smile and brush it off. You couldn't just straight up tell someone that they were being creepy and that what they were saying was inappropriate. You're supposed to giggle and just roll with it. After all, you don't want them to think you're a bitch or overly emotional. Good news, girls. We don't have to do that shit anymore. Just ask Kesha. But we'll get to that. And the way we treated Brittany in her relationship with Justin Timberlake was fucked up, too. Interviewers were asking Brittany if she's a virgin, but meanwhile asking Justin if he's fucked her yet, and then painting her as the slut once they broke up. This is the same dynamic with the Janet Jackson Super Bowl incident. Justin pulled open her shirt, but Janet is the one who was demonized for popping out a boob on a Sunday afternoon. Even though it was most likely a publicity stunt gone awry, 
Justin was never criticized the way Janet was. Justin wasn't required to issue a formal apology like Janet was. Now, don't get me wrong. I love me some JT. But I'm just saying he didn't have to deal with half the shit his pop star peers did while coming up in that industry. Just one week later, he went on to win two Grammys while Janet was banned from even presenting at them. And one of those awards was for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance for Crimea River. Yeah, that Crimea River, the one he wrote about his breakup with Britney. Speaking of pop star double standards, I would just like to publicly apologize to every girl that John Mayer ever slept with. I've never met him but I just feel like he would be such a garbage human. Whatever I say, he's the actual worst. Someone always jumps in with, but he's such a great guitar player. Yes, yes, he is. And I won't take that from him. But Adele is a phenomenal singer, but we're still only obsessed with her weight loss. And if Adele had the nerve to walk on stage dressed the way that John Mayer does, hmm. This is the interactive portion where I'm going to send you all to our socials so you can see the reference picture I posted. But anyway, so everyone looked the other way when John Mayer put all the women's business on blast. So now I'm just going to say it. He looks like shit. And I know I'm going to get so much shit from my deadhead friends for this. But when he first started with Dead & Co., he was a strapping young buck. Now, he fits in perfectly with the old guys, with his new fat face and dad bod. And yes, I am going to be a major hypocrite and body shame him now. Okay, so now everyone should have that picture by now, right? You ready, Shannon? Oh, let's see. I don't know. How about he's apparently become as comfortable asking for seconds as he was trashing his exes? Ooh, how about... Your body is a wonderland of high cholesterol and type 2 diabetes. Or maybe he just realized his dry personality needed some gravy. Lots of gravy. Or maybe some butter. Whoa, gravity did not stay the hell away from him. We keep waiting, waiting, waiting on the buffet to change. Fathers, be good to your daughters. So they can withstand ridicule when I eventually sleep with them. But I mean, okay, so he's not super overweight, but he's just let himself go enough that if he were a woman in the public eye, he'd be crucified. We talk about women in the context of how they look, what they're wearing, who they're dating. But we talk about men in the context of how successful their career is. Let's look at Kesha. We collectively wrote her off as a drunken slut after that one song. Come to find out years later that she was sexually assaulted by her producer, Dr. Luke. And first off, what a pretentious fucking name. You think you're Dre? No, nobody's Dre but Dre. But anyway, this guy was forcing her to release party music, all the while emotionally abusing and body shaming her, and withholding pay and music credits. He was the ultimate gaslighter. And even when it came out that many other pop stars like Pink, Kelly Clarkson, and Lady Gaga said he was a first-class jerk-off, Kesha was still accused of extortion and just trying to renegotiate her contract. To which Kesha responded, This case has never been about a renegotiation of my record contract. It was never about getting a bigger or better deal. This is about being free from my abuser. 
I would be willing to work with Sony if they do the right thing and break all ties that bind me to my abuser. After years of fighting this battle, Kesha has just recently been able to release her kind of music. And I implore you to check it out. I am a motherfucking woman. This is why it makes me so happy that Billie Eilish is one of the biggest female stars today. She pretty much dresses like a hobo and forces us to focus only on her incredible voice. She has worked hard to avoid being sexualized in a way that was just standard operating procedure when I was her age. But the first time the girl is caught wearing a tank top, the world goes crazy talking about her boobs. Ew, she's a teenage girl. And it's freaking hot out. A tank top is an appropriate choice. She should not be scared to dress for the weather because the public desperately needs to know what her body looks like. Ugh. I saw some guys on social media commenting about this, and I said, you guys realize you're talking about an underage girl, right? And for that, I was called a Karen. Cool. I'm a Karen, but you're a fucking pedophile. And if those are the two choices, I'll be Karen. Yeah, dude. Karen all day on that one. This story of power struggle and sexual assault is not a new one. Just because the Me Too movement gained momentum in recent years doesn't mean that assholes like Harvey Weinstein haven't been at it forever. And less powerful people like Rose McGowan have stayed silent. Do you think these B-list actresses wanted to end up doxxed like all the other sexual assault whistleblowers we've seen? Remember Sinead O'Connor? The blaspheming musical guest on SNL that ripped up a picture of the Pope to protest sexual assault within the Catholic Church? Everyone said she was batshit and her career went right into the toilet. But, I mean, she was right though, right? I mean, she was totally right. We're sorry, Sinead. Ooh. In 1998... The first juicy story to break online and not from traditional news outlets was Monica Lewinsky and her story of how she fell in love with her boss. In her 2015 TED Talk, Monica asks, didn't anybody else do something dumb when they were 22? Hmm. But as she described, she quickly became the patient zero of cyberbullying. Now, Monica Lewinsky was a young, vulnerable girl, and Clinton was a grown-ass married man, in the public eye, to say the least. Yes, he was impeached, and he got lots of shit for the affair, but he should have. He was cheating on his wife. He was her boss. He should have been better. He abused his power and manipulated a young woman, and we all slut-shamed her. As if you've never dated a guy that lied to you. You never found yourself in a situation that, in hindsight, your older self could see the red flags from miles away. After watching American Crime Story, which I'm not sure how accurate it is, but I really felt sympathy for her. Imagine actually believing that he loved you and what you had was special, but you just needed to keep it hush-hush because of his position. And he used her career to manipulate her too. This poor girl had her career and every other accomplishment she worked for ripped out from under her because her 22-year-old ass believed what some overgrown fuckboy with a charming Southern drawl told her. And we, as a country, turned her into a punchline. 
we slut shamed her for finding herself in a precarious situation that we have pretty much all been in. We should have commiserated with her and focused on the fact that the president cheated, abused his power, and lied under oath. We should have kept her fucking name out of it. We should have let her go on with her life in anonymity. But we needed to know more. And so she became what Dave Chappelle has called the world's most famous cocksucker. And I'm sorry, Monica, but I laughed at that joke. We don't want to give the impression that all this scrutiny and shit talking is a byproduct of modern culture. You know, better living through tabloids, tell-alls, and the internet. You can pick any era in recorded history and find some chick creating controversy just by living her life. Let's start with what has remained the top-selling publication since Gutenberg dropped it into our thirsty little hands. The Bible. This book is full of bad girls. You've got Mary Magdalene, Jezebel, Salome, Delilah, but the one that kicked it all off was old greedy Eve. Imagine waking up as a fully formed human next to some dude whinging about an ache in his side and knowing that your only obligation is to populate the whole danged earth. Who could possibly have any questions? And besides that, what did they talk about all day? Like this guy's been here alone for who knows how long. What conversational gems does he have to offer? How many times can you hear about that hilarious mix-up when he named oranges like a week before discovering carrots? And that whole rib donation thing? How many chores do you think that got him out of? Eve was probably pumped when the infamous snake, aka the world's first door-to-door salesman, showed up peddling apples. Babe, I'm pretty worn out from donating my rib. Will you figure out what that snake wants and maybe bring back a sandwich? Here, I got you this apple. Um, I don't think I know what an apple is. I don't know if I'll like it. Babe, will you try it for me? Ow, my rib hurts. Babe, will you just try it? It hurts to chew. Oh. What about Medusa? I'm sure most of us are familiar with the story of the monstrous Gorgon and the hero Perseus, or Percy Jackson, who valiantly avoided her petrifying gaze, lopped off her snaky old head and got a sweet pegasus that sprang from her neck, and wielded that still-weaponized head against his enemies on his path to mythological badassery. But our man Ovid tells a different story. In the Roman version, Medusa is immortal, seduced by Poseidon, who rapes her in one of Athena's temples. And Athena was pissed. So pissed that she confronted her fellow Olympian and defeated him in a battle so epic that no one ever heard of him again. Ah, just kidding. No, she turned Medusa into a monster so no man would ever look at her again. Cool, Athena. Way to blame the victim. That is some gold medal level hating going on there. Not that she had an awesome record dealing with women anyway. Just ask Arachne. Okay, enough fairy tales. Let's sail across the Mediterranean Sea to Egypt. You're probably thinking we're going to talk about Cleopatra, right? But just that you guessed that means that you know she got a raw deal and is therefore well-worn territory. Instead, we're going to talk about a woman who ruled 14 centuries earlier as one of Egypt's first and few female pharaohs, Hatshepsut. She ruled for just over 20 years, 
starting off as regent to her husband's formal heir until she found a loophole that let her snatch the crown right out of the nursery. Despite reestablishing trade routes that had been disrupted more than a hundred years earlier, creating a fleet solely to ferry goods back and forth between present-day Somalia and being such a prolific builder that most major museums with an Egyptian collection have pieces from her reign, Hatshepsut was largely a mystery until the late 20th century. Turns out that loophole was okay with everyone while she was kicking ass as a leader. But once she died, they were like, "Mm, I don't know. I think that girl might have tricked us. Maybe we shouldn't tell people that we let her be in like actual charge. Why don't we just say that she like invented eyeliner or something? Her successors were able to eradicate the breadth of her rules so thoroughly while also claiming her projects as their own that it wasn't until 2006 that archaeologists found solid evidence of her role as pharaoh. One final note on our girl Hachi here, her burial temple was so fucking cool that enough later pharaohs had to be buried in proximity of it, earning the area its name, the Valley of the Kings. And by the way, she is actually the first person recorded to have ground charred frankincense into cosmetics. So maybe all those trade delegations really were just about eyeliner. So what about Lady Macbeth? Not even a real person, but shows us how women's mental health was used for entertainment even way back in the day. She was ambitious and stronger than her husband. She supported him and even helped him cover up murder. She is like the original Carmela Soprano. Yeah, she may have done some murdery things, but it's Shakespeare. Who didn't? So after she pushes her husband to be great, he instead becomes a cruel tyrant. And she starts to feel guilty and kind of lose her shit. But was she really going crazy or just cracking under the pressure of being the woman behind the man? Was out damned spot really just, am I the only one who has to do the fucking laundry around here? Just another woman who went down in history as being just a crazy bitch. So Lady Macbeth and Britney Spears have shown us that we have a history of exploiting women's mental health. The paparazzi drive them crazy and then criticize them for being crazy. Remember the incident with Britney driving with her kid in her lap? She was being chased and didn't have time to strap the kid into the car seat. She just wanted to get away and keep them safe. So then they snapped a pic and said she was endangering her child. It was really the photographers that were endangering her child. She was just in panic mode. The media will bait celebrities into these roles as troubled and then criticize them when they go to rehab or try to do anything to get help with their troubles. Look at Lindsay Lohan. She's damned if she does, damned if she don't. If we criticized her for being troubled, we should have celebrated her when she went to rehab. We did the same thing to Amy Winehouse, Amanda Bynes, Courtney Love, and then made them punchlines. We are huge hypocrites when it comes to mental health. And this isn't just for the ladies. Chester Bennington, the Lincoln Park frontman, committed suicide. And everyone was like, oh my God, I had no idea. I wish he had said something. Really? Remember his last album that critics wrote off as too emo? That was literally a cry for help. But then shortly after... Colts quarterback Andrew Luck follows everybody's advice and said something. He retired from the NFL so he could handle his mental health. And what happened to him? Yeah, he was booed off the field by his own fucking fans. 
But if he had succumbed to his depression, then all the fans would have been rallying for him. Oh, RIP, suicide awareness, la la la. But when he's proactive about it, you hate him. So which one is it? These stories made us all realize how our need for celebrity dirt kills them. And I bought all those magazines. So for that, I am sorry. This drove Britney crazy and it straight up killed Princess Diana. So we don't personally remember it, but the wedding of Diana and Prince Charles made the TV watching world go crazy. And that dress though, right? More than 600,000 people lined the streets and 750 million households in 74 countries tuned in to see this 20-year-old girl marry a man she met four years earlier while he was dating her at least closer to age-appropriate sister. Regardless of being born to nobility herself, the media loved this story of a whirlwind romance between a kindergarten-teaching commoner and the prince. And given the economic climate of Britain at the time, all the pageantry served as a distraction that a lot of people craved. So, overlooking the fact that he forgot to kiss her on the altar, which is, I'm sure, the one part that all people know about wedding ceremonies... Everything seemed okay for the first couple of years. And then the infidelity began. Charles took back up with his former girlfriend. And we even got to hear some gross recordings of him saying all sorts of weird, intimate things to her um, <clears throat> tampon. Ugh. And Diana took the what's good for the goose is good for the gander approach. But 10 years after their fairy tale wedding, they separated. But not after years of spilling tea to the media about each other, which the tabloids loved. And we all know the result of the media's infatuation with Diana. Let's just say the world is down one more humanitarian and Charles finally got to marry his girlfriend. Can we just step aside from discussing individuals for a minute? And if you'll pardon the pun, maybe take a broad perspective. Holy shit, did midwives get screwed once doctors became a thing? Societies have always had healers. That person in your town or your tribe you'd consult with for pain or illness or to have aid in childbirth. The one who knew which root to chew on to alleviate a stomach ache or which herbs to mash into a paste for your weird rash. I'm not saying everything they prescribed was fantastic, but shit got real weird once physicians were involved. And I can sum that all up with one word. Leeches. Ew. And lots of these new doctors didn't even bother treating women because, you know, decency forbade them from discussing their, um, lady bits. So what happens if you're some 25-year-old dude fresh from university vying to be town physician and set yourself up with a job for life? But you don't want to compete with the existing barber surgeon because that guy is skilled with a razor. Obviously, you consult the church and have that old forager lady declared a witch. Who does she even think she is helping people? And women at that? Gross. Ugh. Thankfully, the church was really big into women being obliged to suffer through childbirth. That was like your prize for being someone's wife, slash your punishment for being a daughter of Eve. Stupid, delicious fucking apple. 
you should probably also hire an official witch hunter to see if she's infected anyone else with her homeopathic life choices, too. Burn them or dunk them, whichever your board colonists are into. Just make sure there's a super protracted trial so it seems like you guys are actually doing your due diligence. Now, thankfully, midwives survived Salem, and I'm happy to report my son was delivered by a midwife. And she only billed me 12 eyes of newt. That actually sounds like a pretty good deal. But I want to piggyback on the barber doctor thing and talk about a historical hairstylist, Marie Laveau, who, as I learned while in New Orleans, is not just a character on American Horror Story Coven. Neither is Madame Lollerie, but that's a little off topic now. So we learned about Marie at the Voodoo Museum. And then afterwards, we went to the Pharmacy Museum, where there was no mention of her. Weird, right? So it seems that this beautician was also an herbalist and a midwife whom all the locals went to for her health hacks. But was she considered a doctor or a pharmacist? Nope. She was a voodoo witch. Despite her practical experience, she was excluded from the legitimate field of medicine because she wouldn't have been allowed to go to medical school anyway, and therefore didn't learn to use leeches or prescribe cocaine. No, seriously, look it up. There are a gazillion examples of women's contributions that were stalled, scandalized, or outright stolen, but we'll save some of those for another episode. In the meantime, here's a list of badasses that you should totally look up. Their names may be familiar, even if their full story is not. Billie Holiday, Marie Antoinette, The Night Witches, Anne Boleyn, Mary McLeod Bethune, Crystal Lee Sutton, Sappho, Catherine the Great, Nellie Bly, Rosalind Franklin, Angela Davis, Florence Howe, Sacagawea, Ada Lovelace, Henrietta Lacks, Rachel Carlson, Sojourner Truth. With that having been said, we could obviously go on and on, but for now, we'll just recap. To all the inglorious bitches mentioned or missed, we're sorry for taking the bait and believing a crazy story instead of seeing you as an actual person, capable of contradiction, whose story should have been heard. Celebrities are human. They're in the public eye because of their talent usually. Let's just focus on that, please. Focusing on their looks or their mental health could damage not only their career, but said mental health. Mental health is not a joke and should not be a headline. It takes balls to handle your shit, and even more when the world is watching you. When you get the urge to slut shame someone, stop. Ask yourself if you've ever been in a similar situation. And then remember, sex takes at least two people. So if you're going to shame one, you should shame all parties involved. And once you realize how ridiculous you sound slut-shaming a man, you'll see the inequity. Even though these women will probably never hear these apologies, they need to be said. And moreover, the cycle needs to be broken. This is not the 20th century anymore, and there should be no reason why we are still being shitty to women. Cyberbullying still sucks, even if the person is famous and you think you'll never meet them. Except for John Mayer. Oh yeah, fuck him. And Rachel Dolezal. Nah, we're, we're still going to stay mad at her. This PSA has been for the dicks. 
if this has not been your cup of tea, well, then you're probably a dick. Sorry. Email us and tell us. Tell us why. We're always open to discussion and debate. Let's hear the other side. Let's talk about it. And if this has been your cup of tea, that's awesome. You're awesome. Subscribe to us, follow us, rate us, review us, all that good shit. Links are in the show notes. And tune into our next episode where we will delve deeper into other questionable behaviors and provide the world with more PSAs. So whether this has been your cup of tea or not, either way, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye, dude. Bye, dude.